Hello, welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. I want to read you a quote uh, from Brian McLaren. Brian McLaren is a writer who I find very stimulating. He's controversial, not everybody likes him, but he uh, challenges in a way that I find helpful. He says this, Jesus came to subvert all stories of violence and harm, not repeat them. Instead of patriarchal stories of domination, he taught and embodied service, reconciliation, and self-giving. Now, I'm gonna, there's a bit more to come, but just lest you think, well, what are you talking about? The very next passages that we're going to look at in a few studies' time is where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. He doesn't impose his authority as the leader, as the, the grand person. He teaches a different way, not of domination, but of service. And McLaren goes on, instead of stories of violent revolution or revenge on the one hand or compliance submission on the other, he taught and modeled transformative, non-violent resistance. Instead of purification stories of scapegoating, of ethnic cleansing, he engaged, encountered and engaged the other with respect, welcome, neighbourless, being a good neighbour, and mutuality. Think of the way he treats the Samaritans. Think of the way he speaks of Samaritans. Think even in this chapter that we've been looking at, the way he deals with the Greeks. McLaren goes on, instead of inhabiting a competitive story of accumulation, he advocated stewardship, generosity, sharing, and a vision of abundance for all. Instead of advocating escapist stories of isolation, he sent his followers into the world to be agents of positive change like salt, light, and yeast. And instead of leaving the oppressed in stories of victimization, he empowered them with a vision of faith, hope, and a love that could change the world. I don't know what we think about that quite. I love the way it uh, reframes our thinking of who Jesus was and the way he counteracts culture and subverts the view uh, of leadership. Now, this is in the context I want to look at, John chapter 12, where Jesus is preparing for the cross. He's saying now is the time that he's to be glorified, lifted up on a cross. He's encouraging people to put their trust in him. And we're going to pick it up at verse 44. Jesus cried out, Those who believe in me do not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. Now here's a really startling thing, verse 45. When they look at me, they see the one who sent me. He's saying, when you look at me, you see the Father. When you look at me, who you may be recognizing as the Messiah, you're looking at a human being. You're looking at someone born in Bethlehem, grew up in Nazareth. You're looking at someone who you followed for the last three years. When you look at me, you see the God who sent me. And he says, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Seeing Jesus equals seeing the Father equals seeing God so that we might believe. 
And I just want to do a little reflection on what that means. If we are saying, because sometimes I fear that people subdivide Jesus away from the Father. They almost kind of have two personalities and two characters. The, the Jesus does this, the Father does that. And worse still, some people say, well, Jesus does this and God does that. And there's this idea that they are uh, somehow separate. But our perception of God comes from who Jesus is. So what does that mean? When we see Jesus, we see God. And we see that God, a number of things. Firstly, we see that God humbly and uncomplainingly serves. Now, how does that differ from the perception of God from other religions? How does that differ from the perception of God that others perhaps portray within the established church? Our God is the one who washes the feet. Our God is the one who dies in our place. Our God is the one who humbly and without complaint, when a crown of thorns is put upon his head, when he is slapped and whipped, he does not fight back. Because our God is the God who sacrificially seeks the lost, who comes down to earth looking to see who he can save and through the cost uh, pays the sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice of death. He's rejected and despised. We looked at in our last study from Isaiah. He's despised and rejected and esteemed not. This is our God. This isn't just Jesus. This is our God. And it is our God who remarkably forgives the immoral, who calls the traitor and the thief the tax collector, the one who has betrayed his very own people for financial gain. He calls them to follow him. He says, come down from the trees, Zacchaeus. I'm going to come and eat with you. It is our God who stands before the woman who's been dragged in front of them, caught in a very act of adultery, having damaged somebody else's marriage, who has been sexually immoral and impure. It is our God who says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. It is our God who tells the story of the son who goes and blows all the, his inheritance and half of the family's wealth and crawls back to his family on his knees begging just to be a servant and is restored as a son. It is our God who remarkably forgives the immoral. It is our God who mercifully saves the repentant it is our God who has chosen to save anyone who cries out for mercy, whether it's on the cross, having lived an entire life of sinfulness with only a minute or two left to live for him. It is our God who says, today you'll be with me in paradise. It is our God who forgives Peter for his denials. It is our God who says to any one of us, when we repent, we are saved. And it is our God who persistently teaches that what he requires of us is the commandment to love. It is our God who teaches and models and inspires us to go and love our neighbor as ourselves, to have no greater love than to lay down our life for our friends, to wash the feet of those we care for. It is our God who encourages us to turn the other cheek. It is our God who tells us to love our enemies. This is not some prophet. This is our God. If we've seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. And it is our God who empowers us to follow him, who breathes his spirit into our lives, 
who says, go now and do as I have done greater things. It is our God who says, I will never leave you. But as you go into all the world to make disciples, disciples, I will be with you. It is our God. Jesus came to subvert all the stories of violence and harm and not repeat them. And this is our God. Instead of patriarchal stories of domination, he taught and embodied service, reconciliation and self-giving. This is our God. Instead of stories of violent revolution or revenge on the one hand or compliant submission on the other, he taught and modeled transformative, non-violent resistance. This is our God. Instead of the purification stories of scapegoating or ethnic cleansing, he encountered and engaged the other with respect, welcome, and as a good neighbor, and with mutuality. This is our God. Instead of inhabiting a competitive story of accumulation, he advocated stewardship, generosity, and sharing a vision of abundance for all. This is our God. Instead of advocating escapist stories of isolation, he sent his followers into the world to be agents of change, positive change, salt, light, and yeast. This is our God. And instead of leaving the oppressed in stories of victimization, he empowered them with visions of faith, hope, and love, and calls us to change the world. So our questions for reflection, where does Jesus change our perception of God? In his attitude to sinners, in his attitude to us, in his expectation of us. Where does a study and an understanding of Jesus not just tell us something about Jesus, but tell us that now we've seen Jesus, we have seen the Father. Now we see and understand Jesus. We see and understand God. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for this incredible revelation that you come and fulfilled and, re and revealed yourself in Jesus. And that now we know your heart. We know who you are and what you are. We thank you that you are the God of mercy and grace, the God of compassion and gentleness, the God of forgiveness and of love. Help us to be your disciples, to copy and imitate you, to live empowered by your spirit the life you created us to live. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.